Hey, today's episode of Tinfoil Hat is brought to you by Spotify. Hey, did you know that Tinfoil Hat is now available on Spotify? Spotify is making it easy for you to stream this podcast and many others like it on your mobile device, desktop app, and smart speaker. Open the app on the mobile or desktop, click on the browse channel, and then click on the podcast section. Take us and other shows like us wherever you go, thanks to Spotify. Now, let's get Go deep, homeboy. On all of our social media platforms, on Twitter at tinfoilhatcast, reddit.com backslash r backslash tinfoilhatshow, on Instagram at tinfoilhatpod, or allcomedyt-shirts.com, email us at tinfoilhatpod at gmail.com. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. <laughs> Eric, open your mic. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. I'm Sam Tripoli. This is my homeboy, Ryan Davis, off the grid. Much love, no hate. Much love, no hate. Thank you guys so much. We have a great show for you, but before we bring in our guests, we got to make a couple announcements. Uh, First of all, even though I'm not supposed to announce it yet, and this is why I always get in trouble because I don't follow rules, I'm going to do this. I wanted to announce that we're very excited that there's going to be doing a tinfoil hat comedy night June 1st at Cobbs in San Francisco, and then June 2nd at the Sacramento Punchline. So uh, those shows go on sale on Wednesday. Please uh, help us out. If you're anywhere in the area, if you got a little cash, buy a ticket, go there, come support. Because if these shows do really well, the people who are producing it, Live Nation, are going to take us on the road everywhere. And then we'll be bringing Tinfoil Hat to you, Eddie Bravo, Ryan Davis, myself, and whatever other comics we could put together. We'll be coming out to rock out and go deep on that. So, uh, and another thing, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens to this show, watches this show, even you people who say some mean shit <laughs> on YouTube. I can't thank you enough. Over the last like three weeks, this show has like somewhat exploded. Uh, we hit uh, the Eddie Bravo numbers went over a hundred thousand, which is I can't even believe this. And then our feed went over a hundred thousand the following week. And that to me is just mind blowing. When we started the show, I didn't, I would never even thought it would even get close to that. And uh, I can't express to you enough how thankful I am for all the support. You guys are going out, you're telling your friends about, they're listening to it. Everybody's hitting us up. And, you know, this show just, you know, uh, this show is like the training wheels of, uh, of conspiracy for me. Like our, our whole thing is give you a little taste and hopefully you can run with it and look into it and then realize what's going on and, you know, proceed as you want from there. And we're not trying to change the world or anything, but we're just trying to investigate and have a good time. So uh, I just want to say I'm very thankful to Ryan Davis and everything he does. He works so hard in the show and everybody, all things comedy that go out of their way to help us promote the show. And uh, everybody who's been uh, tweeting about my special that I'm shooting March 25th, this Sunday at the Viper Room. There's basically only 20 tickets left to the first show and 20 tickets left to the second show. So hit me up because it's filling up and I'm very thankful. And uh, with that, 
We're going to bring in our guest. Ryan, you have any things? I talked for a while. Did you want to say anything? No, man. I'm excited for this uh, taping. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sunday's going to be great. It's it's an hour of power. It's going to be broken up into two half an hours. The first one's called Armageddon, and the second one's called Zero Fucks. So we'll see how it goes. Joey Diaz might be uh, introducing me on the second show, so we'll figure that all out. But joining us... Um, we always listen to the listeners, and they're always like hit up, especially Patreon people. We're very thankful to anybody who supports the Patreon. So when you go, hey, get this person on, get that person on, we really do try our best oh, to yeah. reach out to these people. And, you know, a lot of times it works out, and this is one of them. I'm very excited to have her on the show. I've been following her on Twitter a lot, and she uh, she goes deep. She's always fighting for whistleblowers, which I think is very important. Uh, we have to stand for those who are brave enough to call out tyranny and stuff like that. Uh, so please welcome to the show. Uh, you've seen her on, you, you can follow her on Twitter. Please welcome Trish the Dish, everybody. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, we're very thankful. Good to be here. We're very thankful that you came on. Uh, Trish, for those who don't follow you on Twitter, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I, my background is actually in uh, research and analysis. I've been an analyst for about 30 years. I specialize in the financial markets, and I've been on all sides of that. So I have a good perspective on what goes on with all the bankers and the management of money and how it's stolen from us on a daily basis through rigged markets. But um, I also have done a lot of work advising CEOs and um, doing board work. So I'm a former board member of a billion dollar multinational company that did a lot of business in China, for example. So I have a, a good perspective on geopolitics through my work. And I, as the 2016 campaign started heating up, I got more and more interested and started becoming increasingly active in it, but only to discover as many other people did, that the whole thing was rigged and discovered how MSM was part of the problem. And then all the law enforcement being part of the problem and our Department of Justice. And then it just kept going on and on and on. And um, I, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about the child sex trafficking, but that is a huge issue. And most of the whistleblowers who are coming forward are people who have experience either in being victims of it or or being part of it and are trying to tell their stories. And that's really where I d became committed in work to help these people explain what was actually happening because so many of them have been jailed, uh, terrorized, or even killed. Many have been killed. Nancy Schaefer is a senator from Georgia who yes. exposed all of this and her and her husband were both killed. So yes, that's that a very really famous, sort of very famous case. Uh, she was basically wanted to come out and change child protective services. Correct. Like she wanted to make a bill. She could only get 13 people to vote for the bill, which is unbelievable to me. Yeah. You're yeah. like, Hey man, it's shocking. let's do something that protects the kids. And 13 people voted for it and the rest voted against it unbelievable and then she is about to put out a movie and a doc on the whole situation and the day before it comes out uh she's found dead and her husband's found dead and uh murder suicide is a hallmark of what yeah. we're going to get into today which is a lot of the deep state but before we get into that you were working on the other side of the uh, uh of the the bankers you were with let's yeah. say the black hats right you were with the black hats <laughs> yeah. 
and then you now you are a white hat. Was there one? Th- is there one thing that made you go, oh, man? I, is there like because I feel like in life there comes a time where you're like to get to this next level of what I want to do, I have to make a certain choice that it goes yeah. against maybe what my soul believes or feels or uh, which is it, or I realize I'm going to be doing something against my fellow man you're that maybe the, isn't right. The crossroads of life. Yeah, you're at the, yeah. that moment where I see it in L.A. a lot in mm-hmm. Hollywood where people make this choice and, and happiness leaves their face, but they're making more money than they've ever had <laughs> and all that stuff. Was there something that came where you're like, I, I got to get out. This isn't what I got in for or – Whoa! This is going too deep, and I, this isn't who I don't want to be with these people anymore. I don't want to be a part of this. What I see is going on. Absolutely, it was. Though I have to admit, I did not grasp the scale of the corruption I was witnessing, even when I was in, in the financial markets. Yeah. Um, and when I walked away, I. I thought it was maybe the firm that I was at, the industry or the city. I, I did not grasp the scale. So when there was there was definitely a moment in time where I was asked to sell a banking deal. It was the largest lead managed deal that our firm had ever wow. won. And it was my deal. So these are big investments. The firm has to put out a million or $2 million to do the road show and then you price the IPO and hopefully it sells. Well, going into this IPO, I discovered that there was something very wrong with the financials. And I went to my bankers and demanded answers, got none. And I was seven months pregnant at the time. And my husband was a full-time student in business school. So, and my bosses knew this, but, and right as we were getting ready to go on the road show, I had said I did not want to go and that I was not going to sell this deal. We were talking about people's retirement money. I was not going to try and get people to invest in it right. until I had some answers. Right. And um, I was told I was going on that road show and that I was going to sell that deal <laughs> and I'd better shut up about it. Oh my and, God. And um, so I, I, it was at that moment where I realized there was no future for me in that business. And that was on the investment banking side. So then I tried going to private equity and then found the same thing there. And I went to the corporate finance side where I did my board work, same thing there. We, and interestingly, I discovered when I was doing the board work, that's where I learned about the SEC being weaponized against the working class. Oh man. So um, that was really an eye opener. And that's after, after I discovered all of that, I walked away. I, and had gotten into the, the campaign and what was going on with all the corruption. I was just like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I, and I, so I decided about two and a half years ago, I was like, okay, I'm walking away. It was scary though. That it is, was scary. Your that, Twitter account is uh, it covers everything from uh, false flags, political corruption, collusion with the Russians. Uh, you really get out there and I love it how you do it, too, because it doesn't come across in a crazy way that maybe me or Sam would do it. Uh, I'm just wondering, though, have you ever been because we probably get inundated with the emails we get. Do you ever feel that you've been contacted by someone in the deep state because you've maybe uh, started to shed light on something that's not normally there? 
You know, I have attracted quite a bit of um, lobbyists. I have attracted a lawsuit that I'm fighting right now. Really? That, yeah, um, Robert David Steele is actually behind that. And he he's known in the truth community as someone who's, um, you know, on the right side of things. But he's suing me. And uh, so that I've got that. And I also, you know, I do... Um, have my phone service disrupted my like all I've lost I'm on my fifth Twitter account <laughs> because they keep getting shut down unbelievable and so I it's small things it's nothing like what someone like Tim Holmseth who is in Florida and working on this CIA baby trafficking thing he's he was hit with charges he was um had a restraining order against him that made no sense it should never have been issued in the first place he's been arrested like there are so many whistleblowers out there who go through far more than anything i have uh so i consider myself lucky frankly and so long as i'm able to speak up i i feel even more obligated to continue doing so given what the people i'm fighting for have been up against so um it really it hasn't been so bad well, well I, and that's the thing that's very interesting about what you do even more than what we do. We try to kind of, you know, take these very complex things. And, you know, I talk about, you know, like I flunked first grade. And so I, I, I'm doing that. I'm trying to work at the highest level I can in order to take these very complex things and make it more, you know, uh, digestible for everybody. And, you know, and. And people don't realize, I, you know, I get called crazy person all the time. And and that's fine because most of my friends are joking with me. But, you know, I, I do have this aura of being like, oh, dude, that, you know, crazy conspiracy Sam. But people don't realize, man, like there's a lot of people that do what we do that lay a lot on the line. Uh, their lives get completely destroyed. Yes. Uh, the guy who's investigating, uh, um, what's that school? Uh not Combine, but the other one. Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Wolfgang. Wolfgang Halbig. Oh, Halbig. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah. everything in his life has been just set to flames. The business, but everything. It and just, not just him. Anyone he's associated with. He, uh, Marty Leeds, a, a friend, friend of the show. Uh, he's had some uh, just horrible stuff happen to him because of being associated with him. Yeah. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like there's so much getting uh, on the line. Uh, Ryan had talked earlier about he mentioned a deep state, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into. And uh, you well, know, let me just tell you something: the word "deep state" it actually comes from a Turkish phrase, meaning the word in Turkish is "durin dervelt," which literally means deep state. So, like, they're the first ones to coin it, and uh, generally refers to a kind of shadow or parallel system of a government in an unofficial way, acknowledging individuals that play important roles defining and implementing the state of policy so like beneath the the current beneath the tide you know what i mean like well there's there's the deep state and then there's the shadow government mm -hmm. and they're two different things the deep state were i think works within the rules of government and then the shadow government is ones that work outside the rules of uh government uh any thoughts on that trish right you kevin ship is a former cia agent officer, excuse me. And he has done some great work on explaining the shadow government and deep state and how they're different. And the shadow government 
also includes people who are not part of the government. These are billionaires who can move markets. They're um, former officials who, like Barack Obama, who yeah. is going around uh, following Trump and trying to influence policy. So it extends well beyond the confines of our halls of government when you're talking about the shadow state. Yes. And then the deep state is all contained within there, but it um, you don't see these people and they tend to be pulling levers and doing things that you never quite see, never see the light of day. Right. I, I, and, I think, that, yeah, the deep state tends to be people within the government who are working right. for actually an, another master, yeah, let's the, just say it, right? Bureaucracies working for military yeah, or, or, or intelligence or like, agencies. Uh, for me, it's basically international bankers, right, at the highest levels, whether, you know, yep. these people who own them, whether it's the uh, royal family, the uh, Saudis, the Rothschilds. Yep. The black exactly. nobility of of Italy, you know, that group of whatever you say, it's the family of 13, the committee of 300, or Pindar, whoever you want to call it, right? It's like whatever yeah. that group, they are more masters to them, but they work within the government. Who Now, I kind of listed some. In your opinion, who, who do you think is in the – who runs the deep state, if you had to guess? If you had to, you know, who do you think? I. Uh, it would be, I mean, do you mean on who's within the deep state? Yeah. Like, uh, who, who's calling the shots? Def, who are they, the who are they working for? I mean, Mike Pompeo, John Brennan, James Clapper. They're not officially part of the deep state anymore, but they're definitely uh, behind much of what's going on right now. They're, they're the ones who started the whole Russia collusion right, thing right, and right. are the ones pushing it still. So. so I think the CIA, the FBI are definitely in it. I think MI6 or is it MI5? Yes. Oh, yeah. MI5, I think Mossad is really into it. Yes. And then I think the uh, the Saudi royals are into it. And I think it's like the the royal family is also part of it. The and Windsors. The yeah. Windsors, you know, all these like families that go way back. Uh, the black nobility, the bankers, families of Italy, they go all the, you know, that these are basically the, the people who own so much of the wealth and they use, you know, and people don't realize this. It's like, you know, with all the, and we'll get into, we're going to start getting into this, but that people don't realize that like the United States is very unique in the fact that our military is the military that is used to basically do the work of these international bankers so the the rules that apply to any other country do not apply to the united states because most of their military is not used as the you know stormtroopers to go into other countries and fucking right. kick in doors and burn down villages and steal all the resources so there's a lot more at stake in this country than there is let's say in england who you know i always saw england <laughs> and the united states was kind of like from Mad Max, Master Blaster. You know how the guy, like, yeah. England was kind of just sitting on our backs and we're the big, like, the big monkey that smash, smash, smash. That's yeah. kind of how I see it, mm -hmm. it working, you know? Or Ninja Turtles, Krang inside the belly of that one guy. Yeah. Yeah, what is that guy? <laughs> yeah, the the the, uh, the re Rebels in uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie. What was that? Where the, 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 the fucking guy came out of the stomach? Oh, uh, Aaron, where are you at there? <laughs> What's Give the name? Total of Recall. What's the name? Total of Recall. Quato. There it is. Quato. 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 There we go. <laughs> Quato. All right. So, um, 
as I was talking about uh, about doing the show with you with with um, Ryan, Ryan was telling me that he thought that it, the deep state went even deeper than you know I had actually thought, and he, he thought it was even before even World War One was it. Yeah, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of uh, the German propagandist? What's his name? I believe it's Ottoman. Uh, the guy who invented jihad. Have you ever heard of the father of jihad by chance? Yes, and I I am not recalling the name, but yes. Yes. So his um here's his name. It's a uh, it's pretty fascinating. So the idea was in World War One. I, I mean, the idea the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So if if Islam and Muslims are anti-Jew and the Germans are anti-Jew, then it only makes sense that they would have a partnership because they have a common enemy. So it's a uh, trip. So Max von Oppenheimen, the German diplomat and Orientalist, which is, I don't think there's which too Which sounds many. like either a propagandist or a guy who owns like a wacky ice cream shop, right? Doesn't that sound like... <laughs> it's only green tea flavor. Yeah, it's not like, like a weird and, hipster ice yeah. cream place. Ube. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, well, he described Islam as one of our most important weapons in his famous uh, position paper of October 1914. Oppenheimer wanted to spark Muslim revolt stretching from India to Morocco that Germany could use for its own purposes. This is like the father of some fake news, if you will. And so in the early years of World War I, the German Reich caught Islam fever. Muslims became the great Eastern hope against their common enemy. Uh, the German general staff planned to awaken the fanaticism of Islam in the French and British colonies, making the Muslim masses rise up against their European masters. Which, if you look at nowadays, there's no more European masters over Islam. Yeah, it's very interesting. And here we go once again. It's almost like, you know, they're, they're creating this like fake kind of uh, paper monster. This, this guy that, oh, look at the, the evil people over here to do their... Be- we do that a lot with ISIS, right? Like we fund ISIS to do all of our fighting. Like that, and that's the thing I've learned from right. watching the deep state is that they repeat their their play, they use playbook. their their playbook over and over again right totally yeah if you go back to uh, operation north woods these documents are now publicly available on their own website um, it details plans that include things that, that specify how they will instigate war with Cuba. Yeah. And they specifically state number three is we could we could create a remember the main moment in a number of different ways. And the first one they suggest is we could blow up a U.S. ship in Guantanamo Bay and blame Cuba. That is word for word yep. out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then they go on further. They they offer a number of different scenarios, one of which would be a commercial passenger flight that has its tail numbers substituted on a drone, and then the drone has come in. They have a fake passenger list. They take out the real commercial flight. Then they fake a crash and disperse some debris to make yeah. it look more authentic. Yeah. And, they, it's just incredible how they spell out how they're going to fake these attacks and blame Cuba. We're going to get into that well, because that's very similar to another false flag we're going to talk about. But I want to get into something real quick, and that is the whole theory that 
who is behind Adolf Hitler. If we look at right. how the deep state has has always picked our leaders, right? Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't Hitler be one of them? Why wouldn't he be somebody that they picked the rise in the hopes of getting something else down the line? And there's this whole theory that Adolf Hitler is actually a Rothschild, which is now we're getting into some black belt shit. Like, you know, yeah. you can't just talk to people about this and Aaron's either falling asleep or getting angry in the corner. But it's like you can't just bring that up to people because heads are going to explode and you have to go. And all, we're not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying it's the possibility and we want to discuss it. But the whole theory is that Adolf Hitler uh, was the son of Elios Hitler, who was a Rothschild. He was the bastard son of what is of her? Solomon. Solomon, yes. I think is oh of of Mary Ann. I'm gonna butcher this name. Get it ready. If you're drinking, doing shots every time I fuck up someone's <laughs> name, you're gonna get drunk on this set. I'll tell you that Maria Ann Schickelberger. Okay, S C H Schickelberger. Yeah, and Gruber and Schickelgruber and Baron Rothschild. She was the assistant or she was a maid to the Rothschilds hmm. and then she mysteriously disappeared <laughs> which is cl- we've seen that uh with uh who was the racist senator that had like who's hated black people and then Strom had Strom Thurmond yeah the exact same thing as Strom Thurmond man so he has this kid he she has a kid it turns out to be Elios Hitler or A-L-O-I-S Hitler <laughs> and then he has a son that's Adolf crazy it's crazy and if you look at the pictures of um of his mother i mean you know you can you you can see where the resemblances are that and the other interesting thing about that is it also if you look through history illegitimate children are frequently used to hide bloodlines and but to maintain them at the same time in elevating people to these positions of power. So um, there, much of what his history is well-documented, so it really isn't much of a leap to assert that, especially when you consider that his financing for that war machine he built was given to him by the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and the Bushes. And the Bushes, and man. The, nobody wants to talk about yeah. that. It's no. like... All these international bankers, we had a guy on and we talked about, he was Jewish and we talked about him with that. And the suggestion that even a Jewish person could have been at all involved with that side of the World War II and the Holocaust, Hmm. like you see people shut down. It's very hard. And I get that. But it's like, there's just records of it, man. Hmm. And like the Rothschilds created a category system for people going in to these camps. I mean, it's, it, these aren't just stuff we're making up. These are, these are like facts, you know? It's all documented. Yeah. Yeah. I find well, so just often... like. Go on, Trish. Sorry. I was going to say, just like, you know, Prescott Bush's um, agreement for free labor at Auschwitz to supply his steel company. <laughs> it's kind of, the documents are there. It's, and he was, in fact, tried for that after the war when he was a senator. But he managed to escape uh, conviction. So. And that's GW's <laughs> grandfather? Yeah, great-grandfather. I mean, no, his grandfather, yeah. Hmm. 
Like, isn't that, I mean, the, the Bush crime family is crazy. And then, you know, I mean, the quote is, and we've said before, that when Hitler goes, the gods of war have swung to the other side. What does that mean? That basically they stopped paying him. They stopped funding the, the Nazi armies, the military. They, right. stopped, they stopped funding them. The money was cut off, and that was done on purpose to throw the fight. So then, yep. you know, so, so the Russians are closing in on, on Hitler, and he kills himself. They recently did a test on the body, and it's a female. It's not even Hitler. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, and again, in the CIA's own records, is a photograph and documentation of Hitler alive in Colombia in 1954, which also happens to be the year that uh, Angela Merkel was born. Oh my God, did you Wait see the picture of the three <laughs> of them? Theresa May, Angela uh, Merkel. Angela Merkel and the Lithuanian PM. For I can't remember who, her name. Explain who Angela Merkel is for those that, who might not know. That means most of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the chancellor or the prime minister. The, the, the eighth... She's the first German chancellor since Hitler. She... I don't know if you knew that. She is the first German chancellor since Hitler. So you're thinking she might be the illegitimate daughter? Oh, that just came out, man. Wow. That just came out. That okay so, okay, so World War II comes to an end, right? World War II comes to an end, and what happens is the Nazis aren't destroyed. They're thrown into an expansion draft, and everybody gets a draft pick. We're all drafting Nazis at this point. We took some Nazis. Russia took some Nazis, okay? And instead of trying for them, they made a deal that they would get all their technology. And part of their technology or their studies and and all that was – the rumor is that Hitler had frozen sperm. And then they got that. And that's where this all comes from. Operation Paperclip also had frozen semen. What? So you're talking about Operation Paperclip. Get into yeah. Tell me about it. That's what you just mentioned. Bringing all the Nazi scientists over at the yeah. end of World War II. So you're saying they brought little vials of little, little Hitlers? Well, we didn't do it. Russia. Well, maybe we did, but Russia definitely did it. And that's where they say she comes from. And Her crazy. and um, Theresa really? May sure. is... And possibly this other woman we think that because it's also been documented i don't know if you've seen the red cross and the vatican helped about eight thousand of hitler's stasi escape and among them were some of his most notorious killers including joseph mengele who did all that gruesome human experimentation and he was also really into twins and then yeah. uh, klaus barbie was another um, Hitler guy. These are people we hired after the war. Klaus Barbie we hired because he was infamous for his um, interrogation techniques. Look at this picture, dude. I, I wish I could thought- show it on here, but that's all of them as kids hanging out together. Teenagers, yeah. How, and now how- they're all running countries, major company countries. Well, and the other thing, too, is if you look at the timing, the way the the documentation that we found that um, covers what happened after World War Two ended shows that the agreement was that Angela Merkel, an offspring of Hitler, would be elevated to chancellor 
only once a German pope had been named. Well, Ratzinger, who became, uh, what's his name? Yeah. The guy who just... The emperor. He was Shady pope? Shady pope? The guy who had to step down for mysterious yes. reasons? Sketchy that guy? P? Sketchy P? Sketchy P? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. He was... He's a German. I don't know if he's even still alive. And he, once he was elevated, that was on April 20th, 2005, which also happens to be Hitler's birthday, April 20th. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah, but, they took 420. Um, these dates are never coincidental. That's another thing you'll discover is that this stuff is all very deliberate. But she was, that's when she was elevated to chancellor. On 420, she got elevated to chancellor? It was, uh, that's when the Ratzinger was made Pope. Now I don't remember uh, if that's the same date that, because Angela Merkel's birth date is, is recorded as July 17th, but her actual birth date in other documents is April 20th. Oh my God. (laughs) It's too much. Oh my God. So this begins this whole thing. We, we drafted, we've talked about this before, everybody. We've drafted our, our Nazis. They come over and they begin our intelligence group, the CIA. That's basically built on Nazi, their basically game plan for intelligence. The CIA is basically- And eugenics and all of it. <laughs> like human experimentation, all of it. That's, yeah. They brought all of it. And Werner von Braun was Hitler's um, rocket scientist. And he was given the job of heading up NASA here in the U.S. He was even given his own Disney special. What? I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Disney was a giant. Walt Disney was a giant Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the dude, the, the Mickey Mouse, I think, was made to be for Nazi propaganda. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, but. that's like. I mean, okay, I'm just throwing that out there. It's probably not true, but we don't we don't believe in research here. <laughs> we just like to throw it out and then get yelled at later on on our social media. <laughs> um, so so he comes over. He starts the CIA. We fast forward to the JFK. Well, hold on. So okay. not just uh, talent, because you don't. You don't oh yeah, just oh yeah. Talent. You got a good thing. You need here. money in order to get something off the ground. Have you ever heard of the Black Eagle Trust, uh, Trish? Oh, yeah, but I don't know anything about it. All right. It's also sometimes called the Black Eagle Fund. Uh, Before the CIA was the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, it was the Operation of Secret Service, OSS. And um, at the end of World War II, uh, there is many stories of OSS recovering Black Eagle gold. So when the Nazis rolled through Europe, they swooped up all the banks. They melted down, smelt their own gold, stamped it with the, the war hawk. Yeah. And so that's Black Eagle gold. Yeah. And if you have that, that's like some priceless stuff, right? They they knew that the war was going wrong, so they hit them in mines. Supposedly these officers found it. Now you've got up to estimated of $200 billion to start your own secret little program. And now wow. we, the birth of the CIA. So the Oh, shadow, my God. So it, it ties in. It goes all the way. It never stops, you know? It's, well, I mean, like, so the CIA's made they're building, you know, it's coming and they're using, you know, they're they're getting un, un, unbelievable power and they get to JFK and basically JFK makes some real fatal decisions. One decision yeah. he makes is he wants to get rid of the CIA. The next thing he wants to do is he wants to get rid of the, the Federal Reserve. 
okay? And then he's trying to get rid of the mafia. Now, those three, we've talked about this before, is a recipe for, you know, uh, uh, a headshot. Yeah, just one of those is dangerous. Just one of those is dangerous. Exactly. And he wants to get get rid of all of them. Now, this is, to me, where we see the, the literally the term conspiracy theory come out. Okay? This right. is when it's coined. And this is the first time that people start to realize there's something dark at work. And that is the assassination of JFK. Uh, right. And who is thought to be involved in this assassination is no other than George Bush senior yeah and the documents bear it out he denied remembering where he was that day for 50 years um the documents came out in october and they show conclusively that in fact not only was he there but he had knowledge of the assassination plot and uh that is also something that is pretty explosive as far as I'm concerned. And in addition to documents that show that, they also reveal that the Surgeon General's report indicates that, in fact, Kennedy was initially hit in the throat, right in the Adam's apple, with a shot that came through the windshield. And in that Surgeon General's report, it states conclusively that there were multiple shooters. This is something they have denied for 50 years, and that is the basis for the conspiracy theorist um, accusation. And here we have it in black and white on their own website, in their own documents, and yet, have you heard any of this on mainstream media? None of it. None of it. And when they're trying to say for the we want to protect those, the addresses, the names of people who might be alive, it's one person, and that yes. is George Bush Sr., that's yes. who they're protecting. Now, this isn't, there's been, in the modern age, there's been two assassination attempts. Both of them on a president, and both of them are involved George W. Bush. Yeah. Okay? The next one comes during Reagan, right? They try to take yeah. out Reagan. Mm-hmm. Who is Reagan's, who is Reagan's, uh, who is Reagan's vice president? George Bush. Now, there's been some research that actually... Um, John Hinckley Jr. was actually at a personal connection to the Bushes. Yes. And that his father, John Warwick Hinckley Sr., was was president of the World Vision United States. He's a multimillionaire Texas oilman and president of the and chairman of the independent oil and gas exploration firm Vanderbilt. And here's the Vanderbilt energy. Okay. So uh, George Bush Jr., who went on to become president, actually says he had a relationship with the uh, Hinckley Jr. <laughs> I mean, like, it's all, it's a club we're not in, dude. And what's the quickest way for George Bush to become president is the easiest way was for Reagan to be assassinated. Speed Apparently he attempted several times. I think three different times. There's a whistleblower, Randy Turner, who had come forward. He was actually there that day carrying the nuclear codes. He had been substituted in for the the guy who normally attended all of these events with uh, Reagan. And he was dressed up to look just like this guy. And he was carrying the nuclear codes. He couldn't have been more than 18 years old. But he was one of the 
boys who had been passed around in the White House by these guys. And he was there. He's the one you see him in the police car after the shooting. The um, Secret Service goes to put Hinckley in the police car where Randy is sitting with the nuclear codes and he locks the door. You can see him lean over and lock the door to prevent the Secret Service from getting in. But um, yeah, it's. He was dressed to look like who? Like a guy or Hinckley? Who was he meant to dress to look like? He was dressed to look up. There was a, I'm sorry, I can't remember the details now, but there was a military Mm -hmm. gentleman who wore normally his military outfit and he was over six feet tall, I believe. And Randy Turner is much shorter than that. But um, this this was a guy who was there for Bush's protection, for uh, Reagan's protection. And they- took him away deliberately and substituted in Randy so that Reagan would be without that protection. Oh my God. And that brings into the whole, the Franklin scandal that we talked about in a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And basically how like George Bush uh, had underage boys walking through the white house and nobody ever wants tours. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing with this whole pedo game that people discuss all the time. And it's just like George Bush is one of the the most I mean, I mean, there's been guys who've put up huge numbers uh, in terms of like what they've done to mankind and the amount of murder they've done. Like, I don't know his numbers because it hasn't been one like one thing on this group or one thing on that group like we have Hitler. But the numbers are like he's been involved in so much like illegal assassinations and stuff like that. And then we throw in the Franklin scandal, which is part of the playbook too, the uh, pedophile blackmail, all that stuff. And it's so funny because when all this stuff was coming out about this, you know, me too. And then the Kevin Spacey stuff and what comes out about Bush. Oh, he can't stop grabbing chicks asses. Like, he's such a straight president. This guy's so straight, man. He can't stop banging chicks. Look at George Bush. He's so gross. He's such a poon hound, right? Like, like just to get away from any notion that he might be part of this young boy hooker operation that basically he was found to be part of earlier. I mean, the Franklin scandal nobody talks about. Even people who hate the Bushes, I bring it up. They're like, I don't know. What kind of craziness have you ever, you know, are you talking about? (laughs) I, I almost feel like you know Larry King is still unbelievable around children. Yeah, it's he still just, has access to children. I think all this stuff basically sits like unsettled in people's internal like psyche. You ever like had a yeah. really night out, maybe you drank too much Goldschlager, and you puked your brains out? Anytime you see that bottle, the shape of it, the color, the smell, you're like just. Re- I think that's what the American public <laughs> is to the idea of corruption and deep state is it's like, you know what? They killed Kennedy. What else do you want? Like, yeah, yeah like I think they get so, they, especially people with children, mm-hmm. they get very scared that they brought pe- kids into a world of shit and they, they just don't want to hear about And it's just like, they're so afraid because now they have to deal with it. And maybe it's yeah. what you're saying that we, I, I can't, I'm powerless. Well, I'm just one person. What can I do? So I don't want to hear it. And maybe ignorance is bliss. And that maybe you don't want to know what's going on until that bomb hits and then it's over and you didn't have to worry about anything. And maybe that's what it is. But that's why the rise of Hitler happens. If you had a son, would you be like reading him Behold the Pole Horse before he goes to sleep at night? Uh, No, but I would also tell him that there's a lot there's a a lot of things in the world that are very scary and that you should treat people with love. 
mm-hmm. and not get into identity politics and not be us versus them on everything because there's people who hijack that. I like think- right now, real quick before mm-hmm. you get into it, right now there's some going on. This this senator in Washington D.C. said that the Rothschilds own a weather machine and they're causing all the weather problems, right? And Her, which, yeah. is, which is which some people think is crazy. But what the Rothschilds do is they take that and they spin it into anti-Semitism. And it's not anti. It's like we don't like you. You right. specifically <laughs> has nothing to do with David Deary, who's Jewish and works at a pizza shop. It has to do with you and your fucking Luciferian fuckface friends. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. But that's that's the identity politics. So now we got all these people, these uh, people on the lower level, Jewish people, running to these Rothschilds' defense because they don't want. It's like that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Dude, the Rothschilds would pee on wouldn't pee on you if you were on fire, dog. They wouldn't protect you if you were if you were about to die. They're not like that. They're Luciferians. I agree with you, Trish. Do you feel like um, I know at times I'm afraid that we might exist in an echo chamber that we're we're collecting up, we're picking up people that think the way we think or questioning the way we question. But I'm just wondering, do you think you're reaching out and you're spreading your message to people that might traditionally not think this way? You know, have you opened some minds? You know, compared to just a year ago, I'm finding that people who I encounter who are skeptical about a post or some data that I've put up are far more receptive to the argument behind it now, whereas a year ago or two, you would get these reflexive reactions that, you know, they clearly were not interested in hearing the truth, but... Um, they, now it seems like when you, there's, people have been prepped enough so that when you say, oh, you know what, George Bush's dad financed Hitler. They're like, really? Rather than like, no, you know, they, they, they're interested that it might be true. So I definitely see a shift in the public's perception of a lot of this. And I also make, a. An, an asserted effort to reach out in communities that I don't normally travel in, like where the mainstream media folks go. Right. And I'll post content there too. Often I'll get responses that are, you know, the trigger happy yeah, kind of yeah, gaslight yeah, 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 yeah. stuff you would expect. But more and more and more, I see people posting, making additional posts that support what I put up or, you know, liking it or sharing it or something like that. So I'm very, I'm very encouraged personally by a shift that I perceive in the whole public dialogue around this corruption and how um, widespread it really is. No, I I completely agree with that. Uh, I find right now that, you know, if I said Dick Cheney is an awful person, everyone'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I say like, Hillary Clinton is an awful person. That's where the pushback comes because yeah. the left can't come to grips with it. That they that their that that their party that represents them has been hijacked by corporalists, and they get very upset about that because they think it reflects on them. them. And, you know, and yeah. I do a whole thing about how you you should never defend. And I got called out on it on our Patreon last night, which is a great moment. But uh, you should never defend people you don't know. You don't personally know them 
like I, people who who I love and love me argue with me all the time on people uh, on behalf of people they've never met. Like if you if you know if we I I ask him if we were in a room and you dropped your wall and you had money in it, do you think I would steal that money? No. Would you be okay with leaving your kid with me? Most of them would be yeah. I mean they make jokes about how I'm a crazy person, <laughs> but for the most part they know I would treat their kid with love and respect and do anything to protect them. You know, so I go down this whole laundry list and I go, but. So, but yeah, you know all that, but yeah, you still think I'm the crazy one and Hillary Clinton, who you've never met in your life is the good person. It just, it makes no sense. And it's yeah. the deliberate, uh, breaking up of the left to, to, because the left makes change. Change comes from yeah. the left. The right loves status quo. They like to keep the way it is. That's why it's called, you know, conservatism. They keep it conservative. The left progressives, you know, the liberals, we like to push change and right wrongs. Right. But the best way to stop that is to get everybody to fight with each other. And, with, you know, I'm, today just somebody tweeted about, you know, poor blacks and poor whites have more in common than, you know, people do with the elites. And just people went nuts on us. You know, and all I'm saying is love each other. Stop fighting with each other. And they just, apparently that's hate speech now, you know, and everybody's going yeah. crazy. I want to get into the Clintons because they're a crime family like no other. I mean, they're up there with the Bushes, in my opinion. And the only reason they haven't put the okay. numbers up that Bush and the Cheneys have done, because they haven't been around as much. But exactly. What is your what is your thoughts on uh, on the uh, on the Bush on the uh, excuse me, the Clinton crime family? Yeah, I mean, they well, they're sort of taking taking the helm for the Bushes because they've kind of hit um, a wall with the two girls and they don't have anybody to carry on the the crime family. So Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton took over a lot of the drug running back in the late eighties, early nineties at Mena airport. And that's really when they got their big start with like all of the Arkansas and cover ups and things like that. Arkansas is ranked 50th in everything. They are literally the worst ranked in almost everything. If not, they'll rank near the bottom. So nobody watches Arkansas. So they found a guy who played ball. And from there, they realized they had somebody, you know, it's like they're like, literally, they were like Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazzard. They were, you know, they were like the crime, the the heroin family from uh, the Ozarks on Netflix. They were just like these crime family that were rednecks who just started running everything and, you know, doing the coke, killing, you know, knocking off people who got in their way, running scam businesses. And then they get in and they deregulate everything. They deregulate the arc. They deregulate the media. They deregulate the banks. And this is all like right now. There are huge problems that are directly related to things Clinton passed. Yeah, that got shook up oh, quick. Yeah. People think it's always been that way. No, it, it happened in their time. I and mean, we're looking from Clinton's to this day that America has had a giant shift in the way it, it is moving. You know, I mean. No question. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I was working in investment banking at the time Glass-Steagall was repealed. And I remember that very well because. There's a, a phenomenon called consolidation where an industry where that's new and has a lot of players in it will sort of they'll start getting bought up by all the bigger players. Right. So, and that's called consolidation. And what used to be 20 companies consolidates into maybe four or five. Yep, well, And that's the media. In uh, after Glass-Steagall was repealed, 
that process is generally pretty messy and involves a lot of bidding wars and snafus and things like that. Well, when the banks all merged after Glass-Steagall, that was the smoothest smoothest consolidation I had ever witnessed wow. in my career. Yeah. It was done in 6 months. Every um, commercial bank had picked out the investment bank that they were going to buy in advance. There were no bidding wars. There were, it, it just happened as smoothly as you can imagine. And it occurred to me afterwards that they had literally divvied up the spoils in advance. Oh, they are. Everybody knew who would get which banks. They, there was collusion going on, basically. Like, oh, no question. No question. I mean, we look at the Goldman Sachs thing. It's like, you know, everybody wants, you know, all the uh, all these guys want deregulation. And they're like, we're not for we're for deregulation. I'm like, well, what happens when everything collapses? Well, we don't want that. Well, that's part of it. You know, the buyouts, the bailouts are actually they actually put them in their budgets now because they're expecting them to, to happen in this amount of time because that's the cycle it goes. I mean, Goldman Sachs, this is what we're talking about. Unchecked capitalism. OK, yeah. is when you have, you know, Goldman Sachs putting together a, a real estate portfolio in which they're telling their own clients to invest in fully knowing it's going to crash and burn and they're going to make money off the insurance they buy on it. That is not hmm. that is not capitalism, man. That is just no. thuggery. That, that is, is not a free market. That's that not a not free market. That does not qualify as a free market. I totally agree with you. And while I'm, I am definitely on the conservative side, I, I think, but I, I believe in bright, bright line regulations. I mean, Glass-Steagall was one such regulation. You could not cross that line without it being very obvious to everyone else. Right. But with something like Dodd-Frank, that is the biggest joke. I was, again, you know, in the financial markets when this passed, and we waited and waited and waited for about six years before anything even happened with it. And then, even, even so, it's all reporting requirements. It's got not, there were no penalties, no um, ramifications. In fact, two years ago, all of the big banks were given their stress test. And every freaking one failed. Uh, what, what happened? What is a stress test, Nothing. by the way? What the is stress this? Oh, gosh. Even that's a joke. The stress test is supposed to determine whether or not the bank can cover its liabilities in the event of a major default. Uh, well, not a one. Not a one comes close. And um, what's even worse is that whole mortgage collapse thing you know, the CMOs being a derivative asset, they're based on the debt, right? Right. So you have all the mortgages, and that's one ass class of assets. And then you have the CMOs, which are another class, and they're called a derivative. Well, we, when we got the new Dodd-Frank non-legislation, uh, at the same time, Goldman Sachs was in there fighting to... Um, exclude foreign derivatives from regulation. Well, foreign derivatives are exactly the same kind of asset that brought down the financial markets through the mortgage banking crisis. Yeah, I'm only These, saying yes because I, I have no clue. I'm... <laughs> well, so 
we're talking maybe 12, 15, 20 trillion for the mortgage oh um, collapse. Oh my God. Those are some numbers. Gold, the Paul Wilmot, he's a derivatives expert out of Stanford University, mm-hmm. estimates the foreign derivatives market to now be over one quadrillion. What, it, what, what is, is that? What is a quadrillion, dude? Heard of that. Quadrillion. That's like a number a kindergartner to make up. What's that? How many zeros is that? I don't even know how many. 16? No. A thousand trillion. It's a thousand trillion. So it's yes. a quadrillion. So a quadrillion? Let's just give the... up. Like, I'm going to go in debt now. Like, what's the point? Money doesn't, well, is because it Because you'll go to jail for it. They won't go to jail. That's the problem. Like, if you look at everybody in this, who goes to jail? People, the only people who go to jail in these, in these investments and all this Wall Street crap it, are people who rip off rich people. Madoff yes. and this, this, uh, this kid that just went to jail, uh, Skrillex, yep. whatever his name is, who was, uh, bought the I Wu- can't even... what bought the Wu-Tang, uh, album. Oh, the guy that's got what the, is his name? He yeah, raised the, the price the, for AIDS medication. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Martin Screlly. Martin Screlly. Those Scrubbing. are the two big yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Only because they ripped off rich people. If they ripped off, ripped off poor people, they would they would never be in jail. They'd be like slapped on the hat and told to go. I mean, he deserves being in jail for ripping off the Wu Tang. Well, yeah, straight up. Well, he no, he yeah, <laughs> and he gets it for like raising AIDS medication. I mean, like how crazy would it be if he got AIDS in prison? Wouldn't that just be like the Lord like being like, there Karma. you go, there we go, yeah. motherfucker? And then they tattoo the little Wu Tang W as oh, his teardrop so on his face. Great. That'd be so... You guys got me thinking, since we've been talking about bloodlines that are filled with... Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's evil. I'm wondering, is there a way to maybe wash out that bloodline? So what I'm proposing is we find out where Chelsea Clinton hangs out. Maybe yeah. like a nice little wine bar I'm picturing. Yeah. And I come walking in. Using your stunning hair yeah, to I woo just, her? Just a little Pantene pro commercial, right? <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? Dang, you kind of look like that one creepazoid that eats babies. But anyways... And so next thing you know, nine months later, we got a little ginger baby. <laughs> yeah. And, we got, you know, so let's get us in there. Anyone know Chelsea? Hook me up. Do you ever hear that that's the reason why they killed Princess Di? Is because she was having a, a Muslim baby. And they're like, nah, nah, nah. You're, you're one of the reptilians. You don't, ha- you don't get to do that. And that's a big reason why they took her out, because she was messing with the bloodlines. So the reptilians stick with the British the Nazis stick with the everything else. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's 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 a rumor out there. Now, I want to get in to uh, now we got the crime syndicate. And what we're doing here is we're establishing the players in the game yeah. and uh, how there's this group working within the system for power elites. The next thing is the next major uh, uh, conspiracy theorist moment is 9-11. Okay, and we want to get it. We've done a show on 9-11, and we've talked about this before, but you had brought up Operation Northwood. Now, the reason I, I want to bring, go back to that and bring it up here is because Operation Northwood sounds exactly like what happened on 9-11, which is basically uh, we get this group of people, and like everyone talks about, Marky Mark was supposed to be on that plane and all this crazy ass shit, right? So you got these planes, and uh, they go all around, and you know the the rule the rule is is if a plane goes off its uh, path by like two degrees, mm-hmm. that's when the jets are supposed to basically right. be released. So Nordic is it called Nordic? 
that is uh, that system that is the North NORAD. NORAD. Okay, so their whole thing is defend the, the oh, yeah. airspace. Uh, who took over NORAD uh, six months before 9-11 was our good friend Dick Cheney. Mm. Dick Cheney basically takes over NORAD. But if you listen to how, you know, what Trish said earlier about Operation Northwood, okay, so they're going to have these planes are going to take off. It's a big public profile uh, situation. They secretly land. Another plane is put into the sky, and they blow it up, Okay. If you look at 9-11, this happens. These planes go in the air. And all of a sudden, we have people making phone calls to people in a time when that was not possible. Right. And, and that right. call pings on the ground. They, that call is pinged from the, uh, an airport. Hmm. Right? So now they land these. They get these people off. Who knows if these people were actually really on those flights or those right. were real people or whatever. And now they send up this other plane and we see them hit the building. And if you stop it, the planes don't look like anything like uh, commercial airlines. Uh, there's no kind of painting on the side. There's none of that stuff. There's actually a missile that looks exactly like a plane. That's a very famous drone <laughs> missile. There's all this stuff that goes on. So, again, they're using the same game plan over and over again. Uh, your yeah. thoughts on that, Trish? As I yell. Yeah, I mean, and then if you look at just the evidence is really overwhelming. If you also look at who was in charge of that building seven, um, one of the Bushes took over the management of the buildings just prior to 9-11. And um, we also have John Lear, who is the grandson, I believe, of the inventor of the plane, the Learjet. And he was a former CIA pilot, had tens of thousands of hours of flight um, experience with all kinds of commercial and military planes. And he has said himself that there no planes hit the Twin Towers. So now we have someone who is former CIA and understands the aerodynamics involved who says that couldn't have happened. We have Operation Northwoods, which details to us plans for doing just such a, an act um, committed by our own CIA. And then we also have one of the things John Lear talks about is that if have you seen on, I think it circulates mostly on Facebook, there's a video of a whale breaching in a a gym, a school gym, and it looks incredibly lifelike. Oh, yes. It's the Blue Beam, Project yeah. Blue Beam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, people are like, oh, you could never do that. Well, the military, John Lear says, is like 20, 30, 40 years ahead of what we see. Are you saying so, that you don't think, and I, I'm not against this, but are you saying you don't think planes hit that building? Uh, well, I don't. I don't, based on what I've seen. I think they were images and that based on everything else, um, the way the explosions happened, there are these 3,000 engineers and architects who say no planes hit the building just based on the way the damage happened. And so there's there was a ton of evidence oh, that nanothermite, like there was a ton of radiation after the buildings collapsed that would suggest nanothermite was used. Oh my the last God. 50 minutes of the um, first responder audio 
makes clear there were no fires on the 78th, 79th floors. They were they were small, isolated fires. They were, did not report any evidence of airplanes being up there or jet fuel or any of that. So that's why, I mean, I, I don't say that I know no planes hit, right. but oh. I... I it sounds to me based on all the evidence that we do have so far that it they were um projections oh, images man. made to appear. I like, am I am so things. interested but, in this. I can't wait till Aaron's thoughts. This is going to be a fun moment on that. Uh I'm not against that. I'm not against that. I'm open and minded to anything. I want to bring back that a couple things. One, the uh security company that was in charge of the uh, uh, the Twin Towers was also the same company that was in charge of the Oklahoma City bombing and right. all that stuff. Jeez. And who was president of that? Bill Clinton. Again, these motherfucking gangsters. But then this company is supposed to be protecting this one. There's all those thoughts of basically uh, that, you know, there was this time where they had to uh, evacuate the building. Everybody got out. But there were people bringing stuff in. There's, that's a very famous uh, story. And then on top of that, you know, we have Building 6. You had mentioned 7. Have you ever heard of Building 6, Trish? No. Yeah, we love that. We love dropping that knowledge on people, which is uh, we had <laughs> Greg Carlwood, one of the top uh, conspiracy podcast guys. And yeah, we uh, did a whole episode on it. So you're speaking of Project Bluebeam, which has been always rumored to be a DARPA project, which is... Right holographic images being able to be projected. To. What? So the idea is Project Bluebeam is the way to unify the civilization, such as humans on Earth, is to give us one common enemy, much like the Nazis and the Muslims. So to unify us, we need to be attacked from above. So either we Project Bluebeam and show it looks like we're alien invasion of the, Shut of the up. Earth. Or you project over maybe the Holy Land in Israel, of Jerusalem. You project like... The Messiah Mirage. coming coming down, or you show like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. These are ideas that they have put out there. I don't know if you saw the closing ceremony of uh, the Olympics. The technology that they have just there alone is amazing, you know, on a large scale. And I know this all sounds crazy, but I wanted to tell you about something that is 100% true, that the U.S. military used lasers to shoot down a drone in 1973. So the idea that energy weapons can either take something down oh, or you man. can use energy to make it look like it's something oh, physical. Oh, man. You're blowing my mind right now, you So should two. we find out from Aaron what he thinks? No, not yet. Not okay. yet. We're almost there. You got it. Okay. So we got that. I want to get into a couple false flags because we said this before. Um, I mean, we've seen uh, basically uh, the false the, uh, We've had false flags. Uh, Bill Cooper, very famous conspiracy theorist. Right. He talked about in his book. I remember reading that in 1991. Uh, basically, that I didn't read it till the year 2000, but it came out in 1991 talking about school shootings and how they're going to use school shootings to basically um, uh, get people to emotionally demand action. And that is something that happened in World War II and 9-11. We've seen these uh, high trauma events happen and then the the people demand uh action and they concede stuff that maybe they wouldn't normally have conceded trish in your right. mind what event stands out as a obvious false flag because so nowadays it's we just throw that word around ff for everything <laughs> yeah, what what was like the watershed moment in your mind that you're like this doesn't make sense as false flags go 
Um, that's a good question. In real time, it was probably the Las Vegas shooting. That was the that was the first kind of uh, big event where. When I saw it, I was right away. I was like, "Okay, something's wrong here," and and from from that moment forward, discovered in fact what we've been talking about is this whole playbook that they seem to follow with every one of these um, events. And you you go back and you discover, oh, the CEO and chairman sold all of their stock. Unbelievable! In the month before George Soros just happened to short the stock weeks before you know i didn't know that yeah what example what's that from exactly that was from in vegas yeah crazy explain what short the the stock means for ryan i obviously know yeah i have like a hundred dollars in my savings yeah what what is a stock this is what the hedge fund managers do um they bet against companies or currencies and i hate those people they and when they go down that's when the hedge fund managers make money on that difference between the original price and the price after whatever the event has occurred. And that's how he so, makes his money for that, sure. That's, that's the Madoffs Sor- of the world and the George Soroses. And yes. Well, Madoff yes. didn't do that. Madoff made his money by getting new investors and paying out people based on these. And when the financial crisis happened, people stopped coming in. Oh, he's like a shady club promoter. Yeah. Yeah. Paper the room <laughs> for sure. For okay, sure. Cool. For sure. Basically what she's talking about is short. The thing is like, if you ever play craps, it's the guy who bets against the roller, and you're like, fucking dick, betting against me, and then you throw fucking snake eyes. He's like, yeah, ha, ha, you know? Um, well, and the thing that these hedge fund managers do is that, I mean, no hedge fund manager becomes a billionaire legally. They're yeah. all manipulating the markets. And so what they'll do is bet against a currency or an asset, and then arrange for some sort of event for to happen to drive it down and they clean up and take off before anybody figures out what happened. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude. It is. In fact, George Soros is being, um, he, I think in the Netherlands, he destroyed one of the banks there and they're going after him, trying to prosecute him for manipulating that stock. I mean, we've seen it. And, and again, these events happen, uh, we've seen constantly where there's either been uh, reports of multiple shooters. Uh, there was a drill before all these. I mean, yeah. even 9-11, there was an air drill going on. And that you hear audio of the pilots going, is this real or is this still part of the drill? And they get told to stand down. We've seen it in, you know, in this uh, Florida shooting. And, and like I got yes. in trouble kind of for talking it earlier, you know. But I mean, the kid's running uh, a, a, a PSA video and he gives out the time and he says 930 and the shooting didn't happen until 230 and then the instantly when I see I mean we've had stuff look at Austin right how crazy Austin is right now with these bombings and how slow the the, the 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 media is to cover it they do a story on it but when but the shooting Vegas Parkland they are there instantly they're instantly they're there, there before the thing is over yeah that's the part that re- also gives it away it's like how the hell did you know this was going on when it took the police as long as it did to get there? You know, it just they're too conveniently located. They interview, you know, individuals who just happen to be related to somebody at the FBI or the or CIA. On CNN. Always, always. 
They are always. So I want to wrap this up real quick and get into this. You you kind of started watching the election, the ele- 2016 elections, why I kind of started this podcast. And then later, Ryan, luckily, I was lucky that he came on and he we've been going after this. But the 2016 election and even like before that, Barack Obama. And, you know, I always say the difference between Barack Obama and Trump is kind of like you're dating someone or you're married and they're cheating on you. Do you want to know about it or don't you want to know about it? If you do want to know about, that's Trump. If you don't want to know about, that's Obama, okay? And the truth is, is that the the media never tells you all the crazy stuff that Obama did. He took us from two wars to five wars and didn't get any kind of congressional approval. Uh, uh, He expanded the surveillance of Americans quietly. He He basically passed a bill that said that they could use propaganda against the uh, U.S. citizens. There's a lot of stuff. That, I mean, we're talking about the illegal assassination of Muammar Gaddafi, which has, in fact, caused live slave auctions to happen yeah. in Libya where Africans are selling Africans. And this is real. This is not like made up Fox News stuff. OK, this is like real stuff that's going on. What are your thoughts on Obama? You know, wow, what a uh, what a con. He was brilliant. It's, he's the perfect Manchurian candidate. I don't, if you've ever read the book or seen the original film, um, you'll understand. He just, he was everything we wanted and turned out to be exactly the opposite. And he, you know, like you said, he expanded the wars. He, he jailed more whistleblowers and journalists under the Espionage Act than all other administrations prior to him. I mean, the idea, and he talked about transparency. That was one of the big tenets on which he ran for office was that he was going to have a transparent government and one that was accountable. And it's been anything but. So, um, and I voted for Obama. I'll admit twice. I and voted I for him once. Campaigned for him in <laughs> 2012. So I've, I'm certainly not um, biased because of a political affiliation. Right. I'm with you. I want to get into real quick your thoughts. Um, the I, I don't even want to talk about that. I'll get into the Awan <laughs> brothers. Uh, your thoughts on the Awan brothers, why this scandal isn't bigger, why nobody talks about it. I mean, we talk about uh, hackings uh, from Russians, yeah. and we don't even talk about the fact that Debbie Wasserman Schultz and a whole bunch of these others on both parties hired these Pakistani brothers to run yeah. their IT, and basically these guys were just jacking all this info and selling it to Pakistan and other foreign countries, and this hasn't even been mentioned in the uh, in the mainstream media at all. This is a humongous yeah. story that is getting, and every time it comes out, some crazy shit goes down. And uh, your thoughts on that, or what you think about the Iwan brother uh, scandal? You know, I, I think it just speaks to how effectively they were blackmailing everyone. They were found after a year-long investigation. They had hacked members more than 5,000 times. They stole tens of millions of documents and tried to play it off as um, homework and family photos when asked about it. They were also found to have submitted faked evidence to police. Yet more than a year later, no charges. And the only explanation is that everyone is compromised. I mean, they're... 
And I believe that they were brought in there by the CIA and Mossad to infiltrate Congress and compromise everyone. So I also suspect that these guys are part of that um, senior executive service, that SES group that's been discovered. Um, And that may explain why they've been successful in avoiding any prosecution, but not a single charge, not a single one. And they let everyone go back to Pakistan except Imran, who got caught at the airport uh, last July um, trying to escape. And and even him, he's being held on uh, bank fraud charges, but the trial and all or the proceedings just continued to get pushed out there. They ha- yeah. were supposed to have a hearing on the 8th, I believe. Yeah. And that it's, had been pushed out from January. And, and I don't Still, even think no they story. have one on the records right now. I think like, you know, George Webb's been doing a lot of stuff on that. And, you know, what? I don't, I don't know a lot about him, but he's always covering it. And he says that there's not even any like trial date put on there. It's because it doesn't sound sexy. A Wan Brothers sounds like a brewing company or coffee roasters. I, it doesn't I sound like, like international espionage that's been like, we got all your kitty porn and yeah. all your creepy shit. It doesn't, right. it needs to be like operation razor wire for like people to be like, what the fuck's going on? DC? No, I, I agree. And then this, the Wan Brothers leads into Obama. Uh, Contra, I call it. I, I I don't think I made that up, but it's basically what we see here is that, you know, this Iran deal gets made and Obama, and I'm not against dealing with Iran with respect. I think uh, I'd rather do that than go in the war. So Obama does this thing. And then there's this rumor that he basically called the DEA off from investigating whether Hezbollah is selling drugs in here. And I'm telling you, they were trying to say it was Coke. It's my honest opinion that it was probably heroin. I mean, we're talking the Middle East. What's grown in the Middle East? Uh, Poppies, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, and this is an epidemic in this country, which is, again, the same game plan. We see, again, the deep state doing the same game plan as the Iran-Contras, okay? Which is, here we go. We have a a foreign entity uh, selling drugs in America to fund their military operations. Uh, and now Obama was seen as pulling DEA off this. There's act- actual evidence of this, and nothing has been said, whereas we have this uh, o- o- Obama-Contra, co- and then we'll get in the Pfizer report before we end. And uh, your thoughts on Obama-Contra? Yeah, I referred to it as a Juan-Contra because it, it rhymes nicely with Iran-Contra. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> and, we'll change Yeah, it. we have, like, it's a, very obvious they were bringing in heroin from Pakistan inside mango crates, and this is what George Webb had discovered. I worked with him for a few months last summer, and this Pakistan had a special agreement with the U.S., a preferred um, status that required us to, to get all of our mangoes from the Mideast, only from Pakistan. And they were packaged up with heroin. Those are, that's some good. Hey, mangoes, dude. You dry that shit I out. love mangoes, bro. You, you eat your mango with a spoon and a needle, right? Yeah, right? God, I'm surprised they haven't done flavored heroin or flavored cocaine, too. No. Um, your thoughts on the Pfizer wiretapping? I thought it was going to be a giant situation. But once again, as soon as that drops... Parkland happens and the 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 game has changed, you know, and that's what they're saying that Vegas didn't change any kind of uh, 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 public narrative within the mainstream media. And Parkland did the FISA memo 
coming out, which basically states that Obama, that the basically the FBI or the CIA used uh, what's his name, Parker Steele. Oh, well, basically they put uh, what is his name? They they put him on. Obama's, I mean, uh, uh, Trump's transitional team. They're the one that they use to get the warrants on. And uh, they follow Papadopoulos or one of them. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Oh. Carter Page, excuse me. Oh, Carter Page. Okay. Carter sorry. Page, who was part of the Clinton transition team way back when he was going in the president. So here we see is another guy that has a Clinton connection working with uh, Trump, uh, volunteers to be on Trump's transition team. That's who. The FBI puts the warrants on, okay? And they that's how they, they basically wiretap Trump is by using Park this guy, right? Totally. And then right. they do it before, which is exactly what Watergate is, but on steroids, okay? Like like Nixon was trying to figure out their game plan. This was done to be like, oh, we're gonna find something and use it on him dirt-wise. Oh, and then we kept doing it after he was elected to try to find a way to get him not kicked out of the presidency so that Hillary could get in because they owe a lot of money to a lot of people. A lot of favors that a lot of cash paid for. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, the whole FISA warrant thing, what a what a hot mess. I mean, between... Um, the the judges being married to um like Bruce Orr being married to Nellie Orr who was working on the Steele dossier uh, for Fusion GPS <clears throat> Rod Rosenstein's wife Lisa Barsumian was is has represented the Clintons Obama oh, yeah. um, the FBI she's a CIA asset yet you know you don't hear about her um. Peter Strzok, yeah. he his wife got a promotion in the middle of all of this yeah. at the SEC. I mean, just on and on and on. It's a mess. Oh. It's it's incredible. And, um, and more and more keeps coming out. It's not going away, though. Yeah. And then, you know, and I know we got to wrap it up, but something I wanted to bring up was a big player in this is um, John Brennan is his name, right? The guy who basically runs... Um, uh, uh, the CIA forever and like how he's going after Trump and all this stuff. And now he's in the media and um, which is operation mockingbird, right? It's like, let's just, in, you know, fill up the media with a uh, CIA assets and, you know, and what kind of role this guy had in nine 11. Nobody talks about that at all about how like he ba- it's coming out that he basically greenlit all the visas for all 19 guys. And now how there's this theory that people were saying, oh, he's Muslim. Why do they think he'd convert the Muslim? Because he's been one of the very few non-Muslims to be allowed in Mecca, okay, during Ramadan, which is you can only be in Mecca when you're a Muslim. And he was allowed there because he was invited by the Saudis to go. And this Saudi guy is part of the whole Saudi purge and all that stuff where, like, he's the guy on Twitter and all that. And he's no longer right. with us. But he was working with all him. The lead. The spider web has so many connections. So many connections, dude. And this is all verified facts. Everything we've talked about on here, take it, write it down, look into it. Because it's all real. And it's all, I don't know the, you know, like, I want to believe, and I say this all the time, that the people, a lot of people at the CIA, I think, do it for good reasons. And they love the country. So I'm not going to condemn a entire group. I would like to think there's people who still care 
about this country. I know the big part of the show is because I do care about this country and I want to, I, I, you know, I want to get back to where we were. You know, I like a lot of things about America right now. The racial, you know, how everybody's kind of come together, racial harmony more and uh, equality to all. I love that. But there's things that are happening in this country that are being done by outside influences. And I think some people that we, we allow to protect us um, are, are, aren't doing that anymore. So that's my yeah, opinion. No. Well, we know how you feel, Sam. So let's find out how the skeptic feels. Don't be an idiot. Hey, hey, Ron. Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. You filthy animal. Aaron, can we hear your thoughts and be nice? You can hear my thoughts. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow, so much to unpack. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that really that I found, it, at least even slightly objectionable, uh, and Ryan saw me shaking my head back here, was when you talked about the Vegas shooting and how the, the journalists show up at the same time. As the police, if you've ever spent any time in a newsroom, you know they have police scanners blaring at full blast. I was in one for six hours. I got a headache. It was terrible. Right. That's how they get to things at the same time. It's okay, called that's the assignment fine. desk. That's what people do. I yeah. will say that that is a valid point. But what I am talking about and what she is talking about is the fact that, that, that it's so, like big things happen all the time. What we're talking about is how there's this from all the media – all over the nations, all descend at the exact same time. And within two, two firings of shots, they already have an expert on panel in a gorgeous suit, done in makeup, ready to tell you what you're seeing. And I've done a lot of television. I don't make, and even though I'm not the most attractive human being in the world, makeup takes time, no matter how pretty you are. And to be already in full makeup on set, already telling you what you're seeing, is to me suspicious. And it doesn't happen with every single event. Like, we don't have a... Like, this Austin thing is slowly happening. They're slowly going. And I'm not saying that's not something that might have some darkness to it. But, like, there's certain things like Parkland. Uh, you know, these events that we can go down where these CIA connections and FBI connections and people just, boom, they just, they're already there as it's happening. That's all we're saying. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. I can't. Yeah, I can neither awesome. confirm nor deny any of that. Awesome. <laughs> but I'm just telling you that's how news organizations. Okay, that's your only thing. I, I'll take that. If yeah. that's all we got. Yeah, yeah no, I feel no. like we're getting to Aaron. Yep. I think we're getting to He him. believes in the shadow government. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> uh, I definitely believe there's shady shit happening to the level that you guys discuss. It's, well, I'll take we'll him. Mm, I'll we'll take him. Because mm, a year ago, it was like, dude, that's stupid. But so we're, we're working. Yeah. Within three years, he'll be like, I saw lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> Trish, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, can you tell people where to find you? And I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at that I talk too much, but I thought you were, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you were wonderful. You're very knowledgeable. And we'd love to have you on again. Uh, you're, uh, where can they find you? Any final thoughts you have uh, on the show, uh, on what we talked about? I'm mostly on uh, Twitter at Trisha Dishes, and I am on Facebook at Patricia Negrone. But um, mostly I'm on Twitter. And then um, I think his final thoughts, you know, for Aaron, unless you spend 12, 14 hours a day doing this stuff, you're, it's going to sound crazy. I, I totally get that. And that's why we're here is to sort of just put it all together and make it digestible. Because like you said, the, the connections just go on and on and on. And you, no one has the time for that. You have to draw the line, and most people just need someone to help them 
put the pieces together. And yeah. so I'm, I'm encouraged that that w- I also am encouraged that that was, you know, the biggest bone to pick with everything yeah. we have talked about. I'll, I'll take so that. It's a good sign. And so you're mainly on Twitter. Is that your, uh, how can people find you exactly? Yeah. Twitter. Like, do you have a, uh, a Twitter uh, at Trisha dishes is my handle on Twitter. And I'm, I'm there every day posting, uh, and lots of content. I try and share other people's content so that it's not me telling you what's going on. It's really just trying to help anyone who's curious search for themselves and find their own understanding. Because I, I I totally accept that I may have missed the point or been off target on things. And I certainly welcome feedback that, uh, there's nothing wrong with admitting you're wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it it doesn't seem that you're a crazy cat lady. (laughs) No, no cats. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Trish, we well, really thank appreciate you guys it so much for what you're doing. I, I'm really glad to have joined you and, and keep up the good work. Please do. And if you have anything you're ever pushing or you got something you want to talk about, don't feel, don't hesitate to ask us. We'd love to have you on whenever you want to come on. And, uh, we're glad that our listeners suggested you and, uh, I want you to be safe and take care of yourself and, uh, you know, Will just do. keep fighting the good fight, my friend. We appreciate you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Sunday is the big show at the Viper Room. Hit me up, Sam Tripoli Live at Gmail. Got two shows, uh, about 20 seats left in each show. So hit me up, and uh, we'll see you in San Francisco. We'll see you in Sacramento. Holla at your boy. Thank you, Trish. Thanks.